and hammers. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. This is the Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Right corner three, pow! Presented by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Tough night for the Jazz. They fall at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 116-111. We'll get you sound from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder coming up here shortly, Tim. And I'll be curious to see what kind of tone uh, Coach Snyder sets um, in the postgame because this couldn't have been a game that he was uh, really wild about watching. All the things we've talked about the Jazz are trying to do to kind of differentiate themselves. They didn't really do it tonight. No, and, and again, that's that's a that's part of a season. You're not going to you're not going to have it every night. The thing that was encouraging to me is the Jazz still, you know, I mean it was a 7-point game, 8-point game with 6 minutes to go and the Jazz fought and fought and really um are one maybe one play away from somehow getting that game to overtime. So I love the competitiveness of the team and the fight and the grit. And I mean, you look at the, um, you know, certain numbers that stand out that show the Jazz were active. I really do believe a big part of this was offense came so easy early on, and you knew there was going they were going to be challenged a little bit. And tonight, more than anything, I I think the Jazz will learn a lesson from you know what a when a team is physical with you and really kind of uh, overplays everything, and and they'll study that and hopefully be able to make some sense of it and, and make it pay down the road. Let me know if I'm overreacting about this, but they still need somebody who's going to get stops down the stretch. D'Angelo, G, excuse me, D'Angelo Russell went to the same move in the fourth quarter, about three, four times down the floor. And I think the jazz stopped it once. And uh, that's even when Carl Anthony Towns was off the floor dealing with that wrist injury, which I, I'm really surprised by the way he came back in the game. Good for him showing some, some toughness there, but D'Angelo Russell went and got uh, the T-Wolves buckets when they really needed it in the fourth quarter. And Donovan did his best to trade with him, but it seemed like they had a tough time stopping him when they needed it the most. Yeah, it, really, if you look at it, um, he got on a, he got in a rhythm. They ran that high pick and roll in the middle third. Yep. Um, and really, if you're looking at those shots all night long, you're, you know, the Jazz will live with a contested two. Uh, but down the stretch, I agree with you. They went to it about four times in a row. Um, he made three of the four, and I think they ran different defenders at him every time. Perhaps something they can, you know, put in the – perhaps run a double. And, and Donovan actually really kind of overplayed that last time and got the steal. Um, but that's what's, what's really difficult when you're kind of low on timeouts and they keep running that same play back. you got to figure out a way to get it stopped. Mitchell and Bogdanovich uh, certainly struggled shooting the ball tonight. Uh, the two com- <clears throat> excuse me, combined Tim for nine of 39 shooting. And those, I mean, that's your one and two scorer right there. If you have that from those two guys, it's going to be tough to win any ball game. Yeah. To me, you know, Donovan, I, to me, it looked at times like he was pressing a little bit, um, kind of felt like he needed to go kind of do it himself. Um, really the, the way the Timberwolves were playing, you really did have to kind of, drive it and finish it because they weren't going to give a whole lot of help off of shooters. Um, but, yeah, Donovan and Bogey struggling. 
Bogey kind of looked out of sorts altogether. Just um, he never really got it going. He hit a three in the first half, and his only three of the game, and and whacked himself in the head a couple times. Like, come on, man, get this, get going. But again, eighty-two game season, seventy-two game season, uh, you're going to have nights like tonight, and unfortunately, they just couldn't rally enough to get the win. Well, one thing the Timberwolves have going for them, uh, they have a bunch of long athletic defenders. Uh, not D'Angelo Russell, obviously, but pretty much everybody else on the team. Very switchy and uh, very long and disruptive, especially when they play hard like they did tonight. Yeah, and we got a up-close-and-personal look at Anthony Edwards and what a, what a, what gra- a stud. What a great player he's going to be. Um, you know, it wasn't just his physical attributes and, and abilities like he made some really cerebral plays too you can tell he's been around the game has been taught well and um awesome night for him going eight for 12 18 points in only 22 minutes one thing um he reminded me of donovan mitchell in this sense that he's already got the nba build i mean he's not like a, this is the example i always use because everybody's familiar with it but Remember when Gordon Hayward first came into the league and he was just a toothpick and looked like a little kid. I mean, I remember when I first saw Donovan Mitchell, it's like, nah, he's he's got that NBA body ready to go, and Anthony Edwards certainly does. Yeah, I'd notice every time he drove it, he hit somebody and the other person went somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's usually the one, um, you know, redirecting people. Uh, but, you know, just absolutely um, excited about this young player in the league and think he's going to make a – uh, you know, real impact on that Timberwolves team. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch, and uh, and see what they do with him because that I wasn't sure. You know, there are so many people out there that were saying Wiseman was the best guy in the draft. Locke talked about this. How uh, a lot of people said that there was no superstar in the draft, and maybe that you know turns out to be the case. One one game does not make a career, but I certainly was extraordinarily impressed with what we saw. Yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting in their first game against Detroit. They actually had kind of a game like the Jazz. They had a hard time getting going. They got down early, double figures, and the guy that kind of kept them in the game was Anthony Edwards. So you got to feel good about, um, you know, the Timberwolves. If you're them, we probably picked for us at least the right guy, and um, his his journey in the NBA will, you know, just getting started. But looks to be like he, you know, looks like he'll have a a pretty good career. Well, the Timberwolves, I know, are trying to find somebody to pair with Carl Anthony Towns and have that one-two punch that they thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be and didn't turn out, obviously. And we'll see how, how Edwards develops. But uh, but he was certainly uh, very impressive tonight as the Jazz fall to the Timberwolves 116 uh, to 111. Let's uh, check out your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life and uh tonight the points in the paint um let's see here the jazz were outscored by minnesota 56 to 50 and um i I guess that's not a huge surprise because everything seemed to be difficult for the jazz including getting to the rim yeah it was um how many balls tonight too the jazz just like right there at the rim just could not get them to drop favors had a couple um even donovan you know rudy followed a, a late layup but the ball just it was one of those nights where the ball wasn't kind to him and for as as good as they've shot the ball tonight was a, totally an exception to that yeah there's <clears throat> there's no doubt about it in fact uh, just to reiterate they only shot 38.3% tonight 35 for 94 
and uh, what's uh, probably even a bigger deal, 10 of 34 from three from 29.4%, just did not shoot the ball well. Didn't get good threes. I mean, as many catch-and-shoot threes as they got against Portland, that was not the story tonight. Yeah, it would be interesting to, to look back, but it seemed like more dribble into threes as opposed to to kick ahead or kick out threes, which, again, that's what the Timberwolves game plan. They're not they're not coming off shooters. You're going to have to you know, beat your guy and finish. And unfortunately, Jazz couldn't do enough of that. Uh, no, they certainly could not. Um, why don't we get to Coach Snyder on the other side? Still waiting on Coach. Uh, Want to remind you, uh, or uh, think our title sponsor tonight, uh, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you Coach Snyder's comments. Uh, we'll get you some players as well coming up straight ahead. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Your final, the Timberwolves beat the Utah Jazz 116 111. The Jazz are now 1 and 1 on the season. Let's get your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass is Rudy Gobert, who had 17 boards. Tim, eight offensive rebounds for Rudy Gobert tonight, which is just amazing. Special shout-out, too, to Royce O'Neal, who had 13 boards. He was big on the glass tonight, too. Yeah, Royce made some some really big energy plays, and... I think it's it's what we've seen from Rudy is his uh, his activity and the way he flies around. You know, he he did everything he could to try to give the Jazz extra possessions. I love the fact that they got 20 offensive rebounds because in a game like this where you get down and it's a team you're not supposed to lose to, you know, at times you could possibly let go of the rope, and you don't want to do that. You don't ever want to let go of the rope. You want to stay in there, and the Jazz did that uh, just – didn't have enough, but uh, I loved the fight. I think they'll work out some of the scheme issues and some of the, obviously, just the missed shots. But I did like the heart and the battle that the, that the Jazz put forth. All right, let's uh, get you down to uh, Coach Quinn Snyder, who's addressing the media. We'll get started. Uh, first question will come from Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Let, let me just begin oh. real quick, Maddie, before yeah. Andy's question, by saying, you know, um, Minnesota – was the more aggressive team. Um, you know, I, I thought in the first half, um, they just, they ran, they defended, um, and we didn't do either of those things. And that's why we gave up, you know, a 68 point quarter. Our offense hurt our defense um, and they played in the full court. And you know, that's, we've been defending and we've been running. And if we don't do those two things, um, makes for a long night for us, makes things very much uphill. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, Quinn, when the team defends, uh, when Minnesota defends with that level of ball pressure and perimeter pressure, what's kind of the counter that you guys want to see from, from your team in order to maybe try to get something inside? 
Yeah, I mean, as far as getting in the, I mean, you you said it. As far as getting something inside, you you we've got to be able to attack the rim, and you know that can happen. You know, it's harder to do that when you're taking the ball out of the net. So, you know, in the half court, you know, we have an expression: you have to you have to run your offense through their defense. You know, it requires playing with more force than we did. Um, you know, being more precise than we were. Um, and those things that that results in 12 turnovers, um, you know, in, in in the first half. So, you know, e- even if you're playing against the half court, being able to initiate possessions with force to alleviate some of that ball pressure. And then you have to make quick decisions. You know, when the ball stops, it just allows them to get into you even more. So um, it, it turns into very fundamental things when a team's being that aggressive on the ball and we just have to be tougher both mentally and physically in those situations to execute. All right, next up, Tony Jones, the athletic. Coach, when a team is um, bumping you, kind of playing you off, your, being physical with you in, in, in the half court and not allowing you to get into your sets, what, what's the, the adjustment for that, uh, especially for the ball handlers? Well, they weren't necessarily taking us out of out of things as much as we, we weren't attacking, you know, and I think it's that simple. When someone's aggressive like that, you have an opportunity. And, you know, it's what I said before, you know, running your offense through their defense. And, you know, when you do have opportunities, when you get stops, you know, that allows you to, to play more downhill. Um, and we, we weren't we weren't doing that either. They were they were running running at us and we were taking it out of the net. Um, you know, and that execution at the beginning of a possession, whether it's, you know, if you're getting pressured like that, you, you know, and you saw us do a better job of that in the second half, but, you know, too little, too late on that front, um, being able to attack. We have guys that can attack in those situations. And sometimes, you know, you do that. When we did attack, I didn't think we were strong enough with the ball. Um, you know, and that's where some of the turnovers came. All right, uh, that's all the time we have, so we're going to go ahead and wrap. Thank you. Okay. There you go. Jazz head coach uh, Quinn Snyder giving a lot of credit uh, to the Timberwolves. I I thought he said something really interesting, uh, Tim. You've got to run your offense through their defense. I I don't know if I 100% understand that, but that seemed quite insightful. (laughs) Yeah, he he actually made a great point that – the Jazz really did, you know, for for the first little while here, they, they really did defend. And and defended pretty well, and and then ran, and I did sense you know it, it's weird because it does when teams jump in, up in you, and really deny and play with tons of physicality, your first instincts kind of slow down, um, you know. And the Jazz did not get to um, a whole lot offensively, and and when they did run some things, um, you know they had a, a, a horrible issue with turnovers there in the first half. They only turned it over six times in the second half. So much better um, in the second half, but it's just, that's just kind of a hard thing to overcome. Um, But it definitely, you know, Quinn, Quinn has, you know, uh, had a a pretty concise idea of what went wrong. And I do agree that every night you're going to face a different type of defense and, and the Jazz just have to be ready to, to attack whatever the other team throws at them. All right, let's go now down to the locker room where Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. Uh, first question, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. 
Hey, Don, you guys uh, struggled to put together a run in a solid stretch uh, against Minnesota. What were you seeing from them tonight, in particular defensively? Uh, they were just a more aggressive team. Uh, they took us out of our actions. And, um, you know, we just got to execute. We got to think. We got to continue playing with pace. Uh, we didn't play like we played against Portland. Um, and credit to them for, for coming out with that intensity. We just got to be able to, uh, you know, kind of counter that, you know, use their aggression against them. But we, we weren't ready for their pressure. Um, and then we showed it in the second half, and you know, we came back, obviously, but it's tough to come back from a 17-point deficit, um, especially when they're out there feeling confident, feeling good. All right, next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, sorry, we were having audio issues. We couldn't really hear what you said, so I apologize if you kind of answered this already. But um, what kind of was the issue in terms of you guys being able to attack their physicality in terms of you guys not really getting downhill and attacking the rim until kind of late in the third quarter. Yeah, um, they took us out of a lot of our actions. I think that's what, um, you know, changed everything. I think them just, we just got to withstand that. We got to be able to find ways to use that against them. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and, you know, I give, like I said, give credit to them for coming out, you know, and, and, and being the aggressor. Um, and then we waited too long. You know, it's like I said, it's tough to come back from a 17-point uh, deficit, you know, especially when they're consistently pushing the ball and, and, and all that. So, you know, for, for us, just continuing to find ways to, you know, improve, and this is something that we we shouldn't have let happen. Um, but now we got to figure out how we how how to um, how do we counter to that? You know, because it's it's happened before. So now I just got to go out there and, and and compete, and you know, be able to think while they while playing through the physicality, even when we're not getting calls or anything like that. All right, last question, Nicole from Tap de Portes in Puerto Rico. Hi, Donovan. How you doing? Hi, I'm fine. What's mean for you facing Ricky Rubio, a former teammate, as we see a friend? Also, how you feel playing from fans for the first time? Um, you know, I love I love Ricky, man. You know, he's a guy that's had a major impact on my career. Um, so I, I, I love him, man. He's, he's been really helpful with a lot of the development, you know, thinking, you know, uh, thinking the game, you know, just watching him, just being around him. And then he's just a charismatic person. He's even better person than he is a teammate. Um, and, you know, I, I, obviously we all miss him here. He, he's, he's definitely beloved between the, the locker room and the fans and the coaches. Um, and it's good to see him out there doing well in, in Minnesota. And um, sorry, what was the second part? Oh, the fans. Um, it was good. It was good to be back in, in Vivian playing in front of the home crowd, you know, even though it was, I think it was like 20, 25% capacity, you know, it got loud. It, it got got noisy like it always does. And, you know, it was good to, to play, play and compete um, in front of the home crowd. All right. That's it. Thanks so much, Donovan. All right. That was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, had a tough time tonight, Donovan. He tried to kind of get it cooking in the fourth quarter, but finished the game six of 23. Did have 21, uh, 21 points, Tim, five assists. He had three steals, including an almost game saver down the stretch, but he also had three turnovers, added two block shots. Um, but, uh, you know, the Jazz, as we mentioned before, uh, their top two scorers, Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich, if uh, they don't. Uh, or if they struggle, it's going to be tough to win games. I mean, any team out there, any NBA team, that uh, if their top two scores have a tough night, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and Donovan, um, he, you know, he made the point that we, uh, you know, we did attack the rim just probably uh, a little bit too late. Um, made a, He made an awesome play kind of in that run where he flipped that thing back to Rudy. I don't know how he completed it, but um, it was interesting because you see a lot where the Jazz will drive it 
uh, particularly baseline or um, maybe down the gap. And then as somebody comes, they love to whip that pass to the corner. That pass wasn't there tonight because the corner's staying home. So he made the right read, dumping that thing off to Rudy. Um, again, unfortunately, the Jazz aren't going to go uh, undefeated, but um, these lessons and things that they'll take from this will will serve them uh, down the road. Yeah, they didn't play their best game tonight. They still had a chance to to tie it up there in the fourth quarter. They just came up uh, a, a little bit short. I mean, one sixteen to one eleven in the final. You only lose by five points. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, if um, uh, you know, if they got the ball inbounds uh, as opposed to taking that five second call, and we haven't even talked about that tonight. Um, Jordan Clarkson falling down really threw off that play. Bogdanovich couldn't get it in, in in bounds, and then the Jazz don't have a shot. D'Angelo Russell goes on to make a free throw, and uh, that. Well, he made both of them, didn't he? And then that does it pretty much seals the deal. So they had a shot. They would have had a shot in it uh, at it had they got it in bounds. But that's t- that's how it goes sometimes. And and what's crazy is a coach or a player, you just sit and think about all those, you know, really through all that tonight, two possessions really kind of, you know, at the end of the day, if you if you flip two possessions, if you can get a shot to fall, you know, maybe. Um, block somebody out, but those are the things that drive you mad. I think the biggest lesson that Jazz will take is just, uh, hey, now we've seen what it looks like. Teams are really going to kind of pressure us, work on it, uh, understand that that's now kind of out there, that tape's out there, and they're probably going to be – I do know those coaches are good. Um, they might be the best, uh, uh, you know, the, the robbers of ideas because nobody really has – you know, maybe somebody has a creative idea and then it gets just spread through the league by film. Funny that works that way in radio too. Really? Yeah, one market gets a good idea, and next thing you know, bam, everywhere. Uh, I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 116 to 111 is your final. Jazz falls in the Minnesota Timberwolves. More sound from the locker room coming up next right here on the Zone Sports Network. One sixteen to one eleven is your final. The Jazz fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves here at Vivint Arena tonight. It's your Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Let's check out your three point feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tough night for the Jazz uh, beyond the arc tonight. Uh, Ten of uh, thirty four. Tim twenty nine point four percent. Uh, let's see. Nobody made more than two tonight. Uh, Don, uh, Joe Ingles with two of five. Jordan Clarkson, two of six. Donovan Mitchell, two of nine. Mike Conley, two of seven. Royce O'Neal, one of two. And uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, one for five. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, Minnesota, 13 of 29 from three. So uh, a little bit better than the Jazz. Uh, 34 attempts down from 50 that we saw against Portland, but uh, didn't make them. Offense is always better when the ball goes in. Strange how that works, isn't it? I mean, you can you can draw up an awesome play, and it can look so great, and the ball doesn't go in, and it's not good offense. Yeah. And and some nights, you know, you don't have to run any offense. You just, you know, like the Jazz did in Portland where they, they had a ton of energy, and they raced that thing up, and everybody was feeling it, and it went in. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the ball does actually have to go in the hoop. For going to, Jim Boylan on us tonight. Jim Boylan, yeah. Gordon Monson. The ball didn't go. No, there were a lot more issues than just the ball not going in the hoop tonight, but but it did not go in the hoop like we were used to. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, Locke made a comment during the broadcast after uh, Jordan Clarkson hit that really contested three coming off a pick when he was probably fouled. And Locke said that's the toughest look they've got all night and the only one that went down. Yeah. And you you felt it too, Jake, right? Like the it just was not the the rhythm, the flow, yeah. the the feel, the way they were getting their shots. It was not like what we've seen in the in the last couple of weeks. So um just another uh you know, I've said it before, I'll say it a million times, but it's it's what a season does to you and, and it's the beauty of uh, you know, they get to play again in two days. Let's get some more sound from the locker room. Let's now throw things down uh, to Rudy Gobert, who's chatting with the media. All right, first question will come from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Rudy, when a team takes you out of your actions uh, like they did tonight, how do you guys counter that? I think we just got to come out with a, a little more aggression, a little more urgency. Uh, defensively and offensively and uh, no matter what they try to do uh, it won't matter all right uh, next up Eric Walden Salt Lake Tribune Rudy why do you think it was both Quinn and Donovan said that it took way too long in the game for you guys to really kind of start attacking the rim and getting downhill and and turning up the defense pressure why do you think it took that long and what turned things around I think they came out with a little more physicality that than we did, and uh, you know they they, they 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 have good good players. They they, they got going. Uh, the young guys uh, made some shots, got confidence, and uh, we turned the ball over way too much. You know we gave them we just gave them too much confidence. And uh, if you want to be the team that we want to be, we got to start every single game with the same mindset. Doesn't matter who we play, we gotta we gotta compete with ourselves, you know, and just come out and do what we do at our best, especially defensively. All right, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. What do you said that you have to play every team, uh, no matter how it is, with the same mindset? Do you think that maybe you underestimated the Timberwolves a little bit? I don't think so. You know, I, I just think you know, obviously. Uh, Every every night is different. Uh, we we played uh, the first game was in Portland. We knew that uh, we had to really come out locked in, and uh, and tonight maybe we felt like we didn't have to come out uh, as physical as locked in, and uh, we felt that. And we had a f- many of those games last year, and it's good that we have one now because I feel like we're gonna we're gonna realize that we need to you know come out with the same intensity, same urgency. The games when we don't have the legs, we gotta have the mind, and uh, we gotta be tough mentally. And tonight we took us a half. It took us a half to to start to attack, to start taking care of the ball, and uh, and just to be a little stronger. And once we did that, everything became much easier. It, it was just a few minutes too late. All right, we have time for one more question. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. I mean, defensively, was it just the effort or is there something else that you guys were missing scheme-wise? I mean, 68 points in the first half is is a lot of points. It is. It is, and it's it's not the team we want to be. I don't know how many points they score on uh, off of turnovers or off fast break, but uh, I think there was probably uh, at least 20 uh, in, in the first half. And if we clean that up, 
you know, it's probably uh, more opportunities for us, and uh, and at the same time, more opportunities for us to to run on them like we did in the in the second half. All right, that's it. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you, Rudy Gobert. Seven of ten from the field, eighteen points, seventeen rebounds, added a block shot. Uh, and added two assists, and he was in uh, foul trouble in the first half, uh, Tim. Outside of that, I thought Rudy played pretty well tonight. Uh, He had some key putbacks uh, on some missed layups. Uh, We talked about it earlier, eight offensive rebounds is just a huge number. Uh, He actually had a plus in the plus-minus category, which you can't say the same for all the Jazz players tonight, obviously, with a plus seven. Uh, I I thought Rudy had some really good moments tonight. Yeah, and he had a really difficult matchup. It's It's a premier big guy in the league and, and, you know, Rudy, anytime you can get, uh, what do you have? 17 points and 18 rebounds, 18 and 17, 18, 18 points 17. and 17 boards. I mean, you, you absolutely take that and run. You're and doing something right. Yeah. You're doing something right. And that's actually a really good thing for the jazz. Cause again, they're not running much for him. He's just going out and figuring out and figuring out a way to get, um, you know, a whole slew of points and a whole slew of rebounds. So I would say that, uh, whatever, you know, Rudy, the flow he's on right now is working. Um, I liked his honesty. He just said, hey, it took us a half. We we kind of got knocked off our spot and mentioned their physicality. But, um, you know, that it it was not the first half that they anticipated and, and they fought hard but couldn't get it back. This is probably a, an unfair criticism on my part, but I'd sometimes like to see Rudy set the tone more when it comes to the, the physicality. I mean, he's the big. And I know he's at some disadvantages, you know, Coach Chiesa obviously used to talk about those high hips where he doesn't have that low center of gra- gravity, makes it a little bit more difficult. But he's got that that mentality, that toughness mentality. Sometimes maybe at the beginning of the game you'd like to see that a little bit more. But, again, maybe that's an unfair criticism on my part. Yeah, I, I think, you know, his game is is to eat space, um, to take, uh, you know, to free guys up. I, I actually think Rudy is, you know, he's physical even when you don't see it because he's the guy that's knocking – you people off their spot on screens and you imagine how many times he gets hit, you know, on a, on a ball screen in, in a night. So um, I, I don't know that physicality per se uh, is one of his, you know, is the things that, that comes from him. One thing I would, though, like he's a guy and, and especially the position he's in on this team, you know, to be maybe more outward or vocal when, you know, to get these guys together when they're playing, they know they can play better than they are. All right, let's go back down to the locker room. Mike Conley is addressing the media. Go ahead and uh, start off with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Mike. Rudy was just saying the Timberwolves were the aggressor, but it was good for you guys to have one of these games. Uh, what do you think about that, and, and why, if that's true? Um, you know, obviously, I think we would much rather come out with the W and not have to learn our lessons this way, uh, in this fashion, but, uh, we got to understand that, you know, teams are going to come out and give us their best shot night in and night out. And, uh, and we can't take that for granted. We have to come with a better sense of urgency from the tip. You know, they came out with, with great energy on both ends of the floor. Uh, the, the talk and the chatter and the communication they had was on another level than, than, than what we were in the first half. So, um, we have we have to be better than that, and I think we will, and uh, we'll learn from it. Uh, next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, there were roughly eighteen hundred fans in the building tonight. Just wondering what it was like playing in front of uh, fans for 
you know, or that many fans anyway, for the first time since uh, last March. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was a breath of fresh air for all of us just to, just to hear um, the fans. And it sounded like there was a lot more uh, than that number you just stated. So um, it was great to have them in the building. Um, it's great to have our families in the building. I mean, it was just a great atmosphere as, as it always is on the best in the league and um, looking forward to many more games like that. Uh, all right, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Mike, do you think that um, the, uh, sorry, there's like a ton of feedback. <laughs> do you think that you guys might have underestimated the Timberwolves a little bit and maybe played down to start the game? Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was, uh, that was the case. I think, um, you got to give them credit for the way that they came out and approached the game from the beginning. Anytime we match up, uh, you know, with a team that's, that's got a, a, a guard like Russell, a big that can shoot uh, five, five out spacing. Um, it's a different challenge for us. And, uh, and, and we've had some success and we've had some, some times where we didn't do so well. And, uh, and we learn from those times we don't do so well. So, um, we definitely didn't take them for 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 granted. We knew that they they're capable of coming out and, and being a team that can they can come out and do this. Um, and a lot of the guys, you know, made plays when they needed to, and um, just outworked us in a lot of different facets of the game. All right, and we have one last question. This is a follow up from Eric Walden. Mike, can you just kind of take us through that last offensive play? I think there were four point two seconds to play. You guys potentially had this. <laughs> of the game and looked like maybe Jordan slipped and, and that kind of mucked everything up. Can you just tell us what happened on that play from your perspective? Yeah, um, I couldn't really tell what happened with Jordan, but I I felt I felt that, uh, I don't know if he was trying to get fouled or he got fouled or whatever, but um, when I saw that he was on the ground, you know, it kind of, it, the timing of it kind of got thrown off a little bit. Um, they did a good job switching. Uh, we obviously, we were trying to get Donovan open and uh, once they took that away, I think JC would have been open as well. It was just we we you know we started a little bit too slow uh, to get get the ball in bounds in time. So um, we've we've gone over that play a lot in practice and uh, it's had a lot of success. So um, just better execution on our part at the end and and, and you know who knows what happened. All right, thanks, Mike. That was Mike Conley uh, tonight. Mike was six of 13, two of seven from three, at twenty points, six of eight from the line, added four assists and six rebounds. And I thought Mike was the one who really came out in the third quarter, Tim, and and tried to set a tone for the team. Certainly kept the game from unraveling further as he came out and got a few buckets in a row, made Minnesota adjust. But uh, Mike with with twenty four and six, I think you'll take that from him. Yeah, and I still, you know, I mean, Mike carries a lot of of a burden when the Jazz don't play well. Um, but I I feel like Mike's been a, uh, you know, since the bubble last year, and I think through this season to this point, he's. He's been on attack. I feel like he's been, um, you know, a bright spot. And I did. I, I think it was that first start of the second half. You about scored nine points in a row, right? Yeah. Right mm-hmm. out of the half. Yep. So um, definitely had uh, some juice and some energy. Um, but you got to have, you know, everything firing. And, and unfortunately tonight that, that wasn't the case. No, he needed a little bit of help in that third quarter. And, uh, you know, Donovan, again, tried to come to life in the fourth and did. He made, he made a couple of shots. It just it wasn't necessarily his night. And the ball didn't feel like it moved uh, as well as it did against Portland. And again, to come back to this number, in fact, uh, since they've added one more since the last time we talked about it, uh, 
stat guys. 15 assists tonight for the Utah Jazz on uh, on uh, 35 made field goals. I mean, that's just not where you want to see it. Uh, up in the 20s at the least, I would guess, is ideal. And I think the Clippers game, they had 24. Yeah. And, and the other number that was huge in that Clippers game was 24 assists and 11 turnovers. And tonight you're in a deficit. You know, you have more turnovers than assists. So it's just not a winning formula. And I, I totally agree with you that the ball did not move as well. I think sometimes that happens too when you get down and you feel like, oh, man, okay, I got to go do it. And Clarkson did have some success early off the dribble, driving it in there. But yeah. I think then that got, you know, a little too much. And and not for lack, you know, it, it was to try to win the game, but they just got out of sorts. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll have your play of the game. We'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts before we wrap this up and look forward to Oklahoma City on Monday. at your Jazz game night post-game show. Jazz lose tonight 116-111 to 111 here on the Jazz Radio Network. Donovan attacking to the rim. Gets caught underneath. Up bounce pass to Rudy, who catches and jams. Donovan went by the basket, bounced it back behind hard, came up high on Rudy, grabbed it and dunked. David Locke on the play of the game right there, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHM Auto, driven by you at your Jazz Game Night post-game show. Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves here at Vivint Arena, 116-111. to Title sponsor, of course, of the postgame is our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Uh, Tim, much different game than we saw against the the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, one thing that Mike Conley said that's uh, not necessarily on the floor related, uh, I thought the 1,500 fans here at the arena represented themselves pretty well. I, I thought there was some energy. I thought there was some volume. I snuck over there uh, into the upper bowl just to kind of get what the vibe was going to be like at the beginning of the game. I think Jazz fans were excited to be back in the building. It was actually fun, too, because you could hear, you know, you could actually hear some heckling, you know, get um, people that were, you know, on the refs or on a player or whatever. You could actually hear it. So it was, uh, it was awesome to have a crowd, but it was quiet enough that you could hear some fun stuff, too. You could, you could tell when some of the fans were on beer number three or four. Yeah, yeah, it became became obvious. But I, I thought it was a fun environment. I, I did for, uh, you know, people out there worried about social distancing. You know, we're only talking about fifteen hundred fans in a in an arena that seats almost twenty thousand. So it certainly was. Uh, I, I thought people were able to spread out. But, you know, considering that's less than ten percent of the capacity here, I thought the fans were pretty engaged and no, pretty I, loud. And, and I do like, you know, I know it's it's a topic for conversation, but I, I do like that the Jazz are somewhat forward in this. Um, you know, it is a big building. Uh, I, I went down and walked the concourse. I didn't feel like it was overly crazy, and, and people were wearing masks that I saw. I think once people got to their seats, and typically they're clustered with the people they're yeah. with, right? So um, maybe a little bit lax there per se, but for the most part, great job by the Jazz, the NBA, you know, the way they've handled this thing. And hopefully we can just keep, you know, as this thing progresses, putting more bodies in seats. 
So up next, Oklahoma City, uh, which is certainly a different team than we saw last year. They overachieved. Of course, they had uh, Chris Paul and Steven Adams, and now the roster looks a little bit different. It looks a little younger. But what do you think the Jazz are going to try and focus on to bounce back from this tough loss to the T-Wolves? It's got to be just consistency. And, you know, if you're going to play a a certain way and you want to play a certain scheme, you've got to have, you know, non-negotiables. And I think Quinn hit on one of those tonight. He's like, hey, we... We didn't defend very well in the first half, and we didn't run. And really, the Jazz, the way they want to play this year, it is contingent upon getting stops, not taking it out of the net, so you can get on advantage. Um, So defensively, you know, you've got to be sharp, and it's got to be a priority. Um, You can say they missed shots tonight, uh, but I would bet Quinn goes back and and watches guys run the floor in transition. Um, Were they really sprinting to the corners? Uh, were they flying into screens? Were they flying off screens? Those would be the things that, that he'll watch. And if he was t- harping on running, I would imagine it wasn't up to, to his level of what he expects. Because it did feel, I mean, they, they missed shots tonight. Uh, you're, you're certainly right. I mean, they missed some that they, they normally make. But it didn't feel like they got the shots they were looking for like they did against Portland and like they did in the in the preseason where they were really working it to get some very open shots. And not that they didn't get a couple. I mean, thinking of Joe Ingles who really nailed one when, when nobody was around. But it didn't feel like they were generating the shots that they were against the Blazers. If anything, really, the Timberwolves played, you know, that offensive pace they got things out in transition and they got extra pass threes and they got penetration kicks they actually kind of did to the jazz what the jazz have been doing to everyone else yeah i i came away more impressed with the the timberwolves than i thought it was going to be i mean they they played really hard tonight uh, they went out there and they made it difficult for the jazz to do uh, what they wanted to get done one one quick interesting note that lock hit on the broadcast about the timberwolves uh, uh, real quick here, their uh, starting power forward, uh, Jake Lehman, uh, zero points on zero of zero shooting in 14 minutes. He had a, an assist and a steal. They have yet to get a point from the starting power forward position this season in two games. And I really did think, you know, I brought this up, so shame on me. And it's not going to be like I throw it out there and then run from it. But, you know, I felt like it was going to be a good night for bogey matchup wise Yeah, uh, against Lehman. Uh, particularly who, is, who plays that four spot. But, you know, Bogey had just a difficult night getting anything to go. Um, and, you know, it's that will be one of the things Minnesota's got to find a form. And Nas Reed came and actually played pretty well for him. So any final thoughts, Tim? Anything we didn't touch on? Anything else you want to get out there to the Jazz fans? No. Um, excited about, you know, uh, just like, uh, like Quinn said, you know, we turned the page, we – we focus our attention on the next one. Um, the good thing is it comes quick. You know, it's just one one day in between. So the Jazz will be able to kind of get back out quickly and get this taste out of their mouth. 116 to 111 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are now 1-1 one and one on the young season. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru. Official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. I want to thank Locke and Boone for doing a fine job tonight. Thanks Al- uh, thanks to Alex Lumberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Who Who's our broadcast assistant tonight, Lundy? Uh, it was John. Shout out to John. Thanks for your hard work. Thank you, Tim Lacombe. Appreciate you, buddy. I'll see you on Monday. Sounds good, my man. All right. Uh, the game on Monday starts at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.